Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. All those years people saw me grow up on TV, my life seemed to be totally fine. And I did have a happy childhood in some sense, like with um, relationally, I had a very happy childhood. My parents sacrificed so much for me, sought to give us the best life possible. Um, And at the same time, behind all of that, uh, what people didn't see was the fears I was wrestling with and um, the anxiety and the perspective of God that I feel like was really, um, it was a harmful perspective of God. And that came from a teacher that I followed named Bill Gothard. And Ginger Bolo, previously known as Ginger Duggar, believed that obeying the rules of Gothard's teachings were the key to success. However, in private, she suffered from social anxiety and lived in constant terror of not living up to the expectations of God and others. She's now writing about this in a book called Becoming Free Indeed, my story of disentangling faith from fear today on Connections. She's going to share that journey to freedom with us. Our guest today spent 17 years on television from the age of 10 all the way until she was 27. We're joined today by Ginger Volo. Now, a lot of people will remember you as Ginger Duggar. You grew up on television, 19 Kids and Counting. I know I grew up watching that show myself, which is very interesting. But 19 Kids and Counting, in that line of kids, where were you born for those who don't know? Yes, so I was um, number six of the kids. So you were right there in the middle with all the other middle children. That is correct. Yeah, it was interesting. I would say I was the top of the middle, well, the bottom of the middle half. It's interesting. We had like sections in our family. So it was interesting being kind of sandwiched in between. It was fun. It's got to be very interesting with all those siblings. Okay, now when when I grew up watching that show, I saw what I believed was maybe a perfect family, a very happy family. But for those who weren't behind the scenes, what was life actually like behind the scenes? Mm. You know, I would say that all those years people saw me grow up on TV, my life seemed to be totally fine. And I did have a happy childhood in some sense, like with um, relationally, I had a very happy childhood. My parents sacrificed so much for me, sought to give us the best life possible. Um, And at the same time, behind all of that, uh, what people didn't see was the fears I was wrestling with and um, the anxiety and the perspective of God that I feel like was really, um, it was a harmful perspective of God. And that came from a teacher that I followed named Bill Gothard. That brings us right away into our next question. Before we get on to your brand new book, uh, we'd love to hear what was the theology like when you, where you grew up? The theology of Bill Gothard um, and the surrounding area, I guess, um, was based on fear, manipulation, superstition, and control. And so I would really view everything through that lens. So I thought, okay, God is either pleased with me or not, almost based on my performance, though I would never would have said that I was earning my salvation. Um, I was earning my right standing before God with works. I would have never said that, but it played out that way. So I would be really terrified when I wake up, I'd feel like, okay, maybe God wants me to fast today. 
And if I had this feeling of that, maybe that's what he requires of me. But it was like, I don't know what God expects of me. So it was kind of a scary feeling to like walk through life um, for those years, waking up in the morning, trying to figure out what I was supposed to do that day. So uncertain as to what God would want me to do. Did that theology have a specific name to it? I I don't think it did. Through Bill Gothard's side, it didn't. Um, maybe in the setting that we were in, it was like they would have said they were you know, non-denominational, Bible-believing Christians. I'm not exactly sure what Bill Gothard would say. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like under that, you can you can go really far. So it was a lot of legalism and the teachings were based on um, a lot of rules that Bill Gothard would say, if you follow my seven basic principles for life, then your life is going to be a success. And if you don't, then your life is going to be one disaster after another. So I, I would be afraid that if I stepped outside of this box, that God was just waiting to get me at any turn. And so that's, it's very fear-based, but it's also not based in truth. So you're kind of tossed about trying to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, that does sound scary. I really appreciate in your brand new book. uh, Can you share the title really quick again? Yes. My new book is called Becoming Free Indeed. Um, Disentangling, it's about disentangling faith from fear. So this story is just my story of how I've walked through uh, this journey and just separating truth from error because there were there was so much truth that was also taught a kind of alongside um, what Bill Gothard would teach, which his teachings are just so harmful and not based in truth at all. So it's, it's hard to be able to take apart and say, okay, well, this was true. These are the same words of God that I do believe today. I'm not going to throw that away. But what he said about it, it's confusing. And I remember how he used to read this verse, and now he can't read it that way anymore. And it's just walking out of that um, has been a long, slow process. Um, and it's been hard at times. I think you're very brave and a warrior. And I have one follow-up question with this. I really appreciate your specific wording that you're saying, I'm going to disentangle my faith, not deconstruct it. Can you explain a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I think deconstruction is something that so many today sadly have turned to whenever they've experienced so much um, pain and difficulty in the church or with a pastor or, or someone who claims to speak for God but doesn't. It's so sad because then they'll run to deconstructing their faith, tearing their faith down to the studs, never to build it up again, and saying, like, that's the only solution for someone who's been harmed by this teaching. And my story, by the grace of God, is not that. It is one of realizing, okay, yes, this is harmful teaching, but it it has been, like I said, a slow process of, like, if you get putty stuck in your hair, you're going to take it apart, you're going to pick out the putty piece by piece, and leave your hair because you want to keep it and it's it's that but it's slow it's painful um and that's been the journey i've been on is just like going back to the word of god to see what god's word actually says and um it's so tough though it's sad whenever teachers have just shared so much and you think oh this person is a is a man of god or a woman of god 
and then they fall. But that's where this book is all about running to the word of God for um, truth, but then also not putting our confidence in a person, in a man, because people will always let us down inside the church, outside the church, anywhere. They will let us down, but Jesus is always there and he will never let us down. So that's where um, I would pray that anyone still in that setting could find um, hope that you can you can still um, hold on to your faith stronger than ever before, but you can leave behind all of the error. What was it that really made you start that journey towards, you know, figuring out what was right and what was wrong or what made you realize that, hey, maybe these teachings aren't correct? Mm. It was interesting. I had a brother-in-law and he came around like now brother-in-law. He came around the family. It was hanging out some and I saw his his family did things a little different than ours. And part of the teaching, right? They'll go through. You look at their family and say, OK, how how long is this going to last? Like everything has to fall apart at some point. But realizing that he really loved Jesus, it kind of was something that I noticed. And I thought, OK, that's that's interesting. And they read the Bible differently. And um then my now husband, Jeremy, came on the scene and it was really helpful for me to be able to see how he like when he had to go through 60 plus hours of Bill Gothard's teaching to get to talk to me, to move forward, forward in our relationship. It was the biggest blessing from God because I did not know what I needed. He would go through the teaching, we'd pause it, talk about it and examine it through the Bible. Felt like we were pausing it every 10 seconds. And it was interesting because in that time, I he just said a couple of things like, Bill Gothard's not a Bible teacher. And I was like, not a Bible teacher? And it was something that was so amazing because I started to like, it was a shift. I would never question the teachings. I always thought he is a man sent from God to tell us this truth. So he ended up um, just uh, like pausing it and saying, okay, what do you think this, what do you think about this? Did you hear what he said? What do you think the word of God says? And I just started walking through the teachings, thinking like that and looking at the Bible instead of just taking this man's word for it. And it just didn't line up. When you compare teaching to the word of God, you should be able to do that with anyone you listen to and it will stand up for itself. But sadly, this teaching just couldn't. And it was the most freeing thing for me because then I saw, oh, wait, all this time I've been basing my um, my perspective on life through the lens of this teacher. And now I'm going to base it on the word of God, even though I thought it was all along, but I just realized it was totally, it was miles apart. And his teaching was so, um, it was so based on manipulation and fear and superstition and not based on the word of God. So that's where I came to a balance and found that the word of God is trustworthy. And I know I can base my life upon that. You mentioned it was freeing. What was that moment like? And did this just happen overnight or did it take a while for you to actually just finally see that light? Mm. It felt like kind of like an aha moment, like God just opened my eyes to see. It was like, wait, this is crazy. Like, why, why did he say that he was teaching us the Bible when he wasn't? And so that kind of just jolted me a bit. And it was also terrifying because I thought he would talk about if you left the teachings how it would be better off for you if you never heard them than if you hear them and depart. So like God's going to get you then. So I was scared in some sense because he had all the rules listed for us and said, if you follow this, 
your life will be blessed. So I was sure that I had to be certain that this was not, it was not true to be able to leave that teaching. So it was immediate in the sense of like, whoa, this isn't in the Bible. But it took me so many years of walking through um, those teachings to figure out, okay, this is like, I want to move away from this because I see it's not based in the Bible and it's a distorted view of who God actually is. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to step back for just a second, if you don't mind. Your now husband, for him to date you, you were talking about watching 60 out. Like, can you explain a little bit about how your parents were like, okay, we've got this amazing bunch of children. <laughs> and if anyone's going to come in contact with them, like, can you talk? Like, cause that's well, not pretty typical. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is interesting. So part of the setup is, um, we would only do courtship because that's another one of the things that Bill Gothard would talk about. And so, um, courtship in, in itself could be, any, I mean, there's a broad scope of what people consider courtship, but um, for us, it was like always with the chaperone and, you know, it was very like um, you always had eyes on you. Uh, so with that, it was interesting. Like, I remember that conversation. OK, he needs to watch 60 plus hours of this teaching because it's better for him to, like, learn about our teaching because Jer, my husband, was from um, a totally different uh, setting. He was raised in a Christian home, but not anything um, with Bill Gothard's teaching. So that's something that he had nothing. He had no clue like what what I was into. And that was actually the mercy of God, because when he was asked to do that, he was like, OK, sure. Like, I'll listen to you, the teacher he grew up with. And um, he went in knowing nothing about it. And it was good because we were getting to know each other. And there was enough there to where he was like, Oh, I want to get to know Ginger, even though I was still in those teachings. But I was he knew I was committed to the word of God. So once I saw stuff, it would just fall off. Like those outward things would just fall off. I was like, okay, the Bible doesn't say this. Like, and I could move past that. So yeah, there were lots of different interesting things that would come up um, that he needed to do to move forward. But it was just, I think the Lord used it all. Um, I can look back and see that. After making this decision to disentangle, uh, what's your relationship like with your family now? Did any of your siblings come alongside you in your choices? Yeah, it's been it's been amazing to see. Um, I think throughout the years, I've sought to have conversations with my family about these differences and share kind of, OK, this is where I stand and this is why. So some of them are um, still in the teachings and I know um they may be for many years, but I wanted to be able to share even in a deeper message um, publicly because I had promoted these teachings for many years and that's where I felt necessity to share. But moving forward, I can say I know they want what's best for me. And um, even though we may just agree to disagree, I think that's a good place to be. Speaking of family, speaking of your book, you do cover controversial topics, including your brother, Josh, and his conviction. What has that been like for you, having that in the public eye? Do you have a relationship still with him? Mm. Yeah, that's been really tough. Um, I am grateful that justice is being served, and um, I haven't spoken to him in years, but I just pray for the victims and their families 
And I pray for Josh that he would truly be broken over what he's done um, and see that I think what I talk about in this book is no amount of outward standards that you put up like rules, you know, these outward things. I don't listen to this kind of music. I put on these kind of clothes, like all this outward stuff can put up this wall of like, I'm fine, but none of that will make us right before God. None of that will um, keep us from sin. Only true transformation from the inside out where God changes our heart um, is that's the only thing that will ever change. And I hope, I hope and pray that for him. I love your, your heart, your Mm -hmm. brother. It's, it's beautiful. I would love to ask, because like you said, there are many people out there that have been hurt by what we'll say is religion. These rules and regulations, not necessarily right a relationship with God, but if somebody has been hurt with religion and they're listening, what would you say to them? I would say it's, I, I'm very saddened to hear the number of people that have been hurt, even in the name of Christianity or in a church where a teacher is speak claiming to speak for God. Sometimes they are speaking the words of God, but doing something for their own gain or um, twisting the words of God or harming others through that. And I would just say that my heart breaks for them. And, and at the same time that if you run to Jesus, he is a kind and loving savior and everyone else, like I've said before, they they will hurt you. They will let you down. And it is so sad to see the brokenness in the world. But the answer is found in the word of God. The answer is found in running to Jesus because he will never let you down. If you call upon him, he will always be there with open arms. And um, he's he draws near to the brokenhearted. And those who've been afflicted and cast down, he will draw near and take into himself. So that would be my prayer for anyone who's been harmed is just to run to Jesus. I love that. Uh, And you kind of just mentioned it there, but at the end of the day, what do you hope people are going to take away from your book? Mm. That's, I think it's, that's exactly it is just that realizing, okay, I've been like those who have been so harmed. That's why I wrote this book. It's not an easy thing to do in many ways. um, But I really felt a responsibility because I saw so many who were going through hardships because of their upbringing or because of the church setting they were in or following a teacher who was not teaching the Bible. And so my prayer is that whoever comes away reading this book would see that um, there is hope in Jesus. And even if you've gone through difficulties and pain in your life, you can come out on the other side stronger because of the work of God in your life. And because he will be there and help you through it. And so um, even not letting the past define your future and looking to Jesus, who will make it all right in the end. That's beautiful. Uh, one last question here. Um, as you put this book out there, it's the vulnerability of your heart, which, like you said, is very hard to do. Is there any fear of repercussion from that faith? that you grew up in or the theology, I should say? Yeah, I think that was something I definitely took into consideration before I started writing this book, because I know any time you take the time to speak out against um, 
the system that um, has been created, Bill Gothard's system, it's 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 tough because um, I never wanted to question those teachings, and I know that some may view it um, as like in in a wrong way. They may view it totally, completely wrong, and I really want them to see. I think at the end of the day, I know I have to just speak truth regardless of how hard it is. And it was such a tight knit community too. like growing up in that it's hard to leave that. So um, but at the same time, I realized there are more people who I think would be helped by it if I do speak, even though you never know how people are going to react. And so at the end of the day, um, I'm committed just to speaking truth and hopefully in a winsome way, in a way where somebody still inside that could read the book and see it's done out of love. I, I don't have any um, ounce of like bitterness or upset against anyone who's still there or because I was raised in it. But I just see it as harmful. And I want people who are still there to be able to come out and say, oh, wow, like this is a beautiful journey into the love of Christ, into the grace of God in a way that we've never seen it before. And to be drawn to that in in a way that um, will draw them closer to Jesus. And so at the end of the day, that's that's my driving goal. And that's what I pray um, those who read the book would be able to take that away. Now, you've got your own little family. Uh, you've got your own kids. How has this impacted your your family directly? Mm. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I think when I was 14, I would have said, oh, man, I have all the answers to life's problems. <laughs> and I know how I'm going to parent my kids, all this stuff, because the system provides that. Um, mm. Everything is so black and white, and you don't really have to make decisions for yourself. So part of that was interesting. I would look at that and say, I I thought I had it all figured out. And then once I realized, oh, wait, this is not what God's word says, then it's almost more difficult to go and say, okay, as, as I'm making parenting decisions with my husband, we're, we're talking about it, praying about it. There's more of even a reliance on the, the spirit of God to work inside of us in, in many ways um, where I feel like a teacher can easily become your Holy Spirit and speaking for you. But it's like, you know, we need to take this prayerfully before the Lord to like make decisions for our kids and um, hopefully point them to Jesus. But it's it makes it more difficult. So I think with that, there's more of a trust and reliance upon God and more prayer in those times where it would be easy to lean on tradition or um, these man-made rules, right? So uh, for our kids, we just want to point them to Jesus and show them that uh, um, hopefully mom and dad are just the same at home as we are out and they would see that and be drawn just to the beauty of Jesus for themselves. Becoming Free Indeed, my story of disentangling faith from fear where can we pick it up? Where can we learn more about the book? Yes, it is wherever books are sold. But if you go to our website, ginger, J-I-N-G-E-R, and jeremy.com, then you can grab the link to any of the um, locations books are sold there. Thank you so much for making time for us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sylvia and Colleen. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Remember, if you want to hear this full conversation again, you could do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.